Welcome to Faith and Science. I'm Dr. John Ashton. Recently, I received a book from a friend, and it was called The Best News Possible, You May Live Forever. Now, I guess with a title like that, um, if you received a book like that, you know, really, how serious is that? Living Forever? Then I noticed the author was George T. Javer, and I actually know George, and um, so I was quite quite interested to to have a look at um, what he was saying. So George is a um, a microbiologist. Um, he um, earned his uh, PhD in uh, biochemistry from Columbia University. Um, which is, uh, you know, one of the top unis in the United States over there. Um, and he's certainly a, a, an expert in this area. He's worked for a number of years in research, taught at universities, undergraduate uh, school at unis, graduate schools and, in, uh, and medical students and done a lot of research in the area of studying uh, bacteria. So I was wondering, you know, what about um, this this best news possible? You may live forever. And, of course, what um, the author actually gets on about is he, he looks at why the human family has declined in lifespan. So um, he is a, um, a Christian, very strong Christian, although he was born into a Jewish family actually during World War II. And um, but in 1944, he and his mother were able to hid, hide from uh, one of the um, groups that were uh, rounding up Jews in Hungary at that time. And then after the war, he was able to escape to uh, the United States during the revolution of 1956. And I can remember that, learning, <laughs> learning about that in uh, 1956 in uh, Hungary there. And um, so it's quite, quite interesting. He has been very interested in um, you know, evidence for the existence of God and particularly evidence for creation. But one of the things is he, he looks at the story of creation from a science basis, and also he looks at the the fall of mankind, and he understands a lot about biochemistry, and so he looks at um, the um, the looks at the science behind the decline in lifespan that's recorded in the Bible. And of course, really, when we look at the creation story, originally man was not meant to die. Man was meant to live forever. And it's an interesting scenario to think about, isn't it? If we, with our current bodies that we have, um, are in a world where we are, and there's sort of all sorts of animals, plants, insects, bacteria, and so forth, and yet we were designed to live forever. Well, what what about accidents? What if, uh, you know, there was a landslide and a, a rock fell on us, or there was a volcanic eruption and a big rock fell on us, or a meteorite, you know, came from outer space or something like that? Um, 
were there, um, you know, would it have been possible for us to, you know, um, cut ourselves accidentally and bleed to death? All, all these sort of things are, are questions, I suppose, that you think about in terms of creation. What was Eden really like? What, what would it have been like um, at that time? And we don't know, but it seems from the biochemistry that it certainly is is possible for humans to uh, live forever, for the body to continually regenerate and, and so forth. And the other thing is, too, that if God is part of the creation and we, you know, there's evidence that God sustains the creation, sustains the force fields in the atoms and so forth that are responsible for the fundamental particles and the um, reactions in chemistry and so forth. That um, God as well maybe surround us with particular force fields so that, you know, these sort of accidents didn't happen. And maybe the creation was ordered in such a way that these things uh, didn't happen. But I thought it was an interesting title that he he chose, the best news possible, you may live forever. Because we know that the, the Bible teaches, of course, that God didn't want us to die. He wanted us to live forever. And that's why he came... As, as a person, as Jesus, and showed us how to live and actually died in, in our place so that um, we could be forgiven. And I guess that's, you know, part of this whole scenario is uh, perhaps really nicely explained in the book uh, The Great Controversy, written by uh, Ellen G. White. A great controversy between God and an evil angel called, called Satan and the arise of evil, because I think it explains, and the Bible explains too, and has hints of this, of how evil arose and the influence of evil. But it also explains why this supernatural being, and it's also interesting to think in terms of the supernatural, supernatural being that actually wants humans destroyed because he knows that humans are special to God and he wants humans destroyed. And when I think about, you know, the things that happen in the world, we see all the wars that are happening, people fighting and bad things that are happening, domestic violence and, and so forth and car accidents, we, we can see, well, I, I believe anyway, to can see powerful evidence of, of evil. There are, there are good... Um, you know, people are doing good. They're making sacrifices um, to to go and work, perhaps as nurses and this sort of thing, and doctors and dentists in developing countries where you know there's a lot of blindness, there's a lot of um, you know physical illness, where and people don't have uh, good facilities to have good medical attention. These people give up their time. Um, and, you know, the ability to live a, a very comfortable life, to live under fairly poor conditions, to bring help to people. So we see there are people like that. And then there are also people who are out to just take advantage of other people and to hurt other people and to enjoy hurting other people even. And so we can see it seems to me that there's this clear difference between good and evil in in the world. And... 
we you know know there are a lot of you know bad uh, bad things happen you know daily on the news we perhaps read about people that have or hear about people who while under the influence of alcohol drove their cars and injured someone terribly or maybe even killed someone some um innocent person that was just minding her own business driving along the road and and they're run into by a, a driver who loses control of his car or you know doesn't obey the road rules or whatever because he's under the influence of of the drug alcohol and uh, when I was studying um, the effects of alcohol because I wrote a book on the social effects of alcohol called Uncork um, the hidden um, aspects of alcohol and when I was researching that, it was interesting that oftentimes when really bad crimes were committed under the influence of alcohol, the victims were people who were doing really good things with their lives, like you know, people, like I said, who were medical volunteers or worked a whole lot in their community unselfishly. And I thought that was very interesting because these were weren't targeted. They were just sort of, you know, accidents or acts of, of violence done while people were, you know, blinded by the influence of alcohol. And so when we uh, think about this and this whole claim, well, we may live forever, this is the whole point of, uh, of his book is that there is evidence for a supernatural God and that supernatural God, as revealed in the Bible, has a plan for us to live forever. And I guess what he's saying is this is the, the best news possible. And as I uh, was um, uh, reading sections of the book, it's, it's interesting that he, he talks, for example, about the prophecies of, of Daniel and how you know Daniel prophesied the, the history of the world centuries before it happened, the history of Europe anyway and the where the Messiah would be born and the timing of the Messiah. And it's interesting that Professor John Lennox, in his book Against the Flow, talks about the same thing. And, um, you know, the, the evidence for a supernatural God, the, the evidence for God in prophecy and this history and foretelling the future of the world as if, you know, there is a being that is allowing evil to go so far and uh, there is a limit. And when I thought about this, the, the atheistic education underpinning science today has no hope for that, has, has no hope for a future like that. But yet when we look at the evidence, the evidence is very strong. Um, when we look at the biochemistry of our body, it is possible to live forever, but we accumulate mistakes in our DNA code, and we and we age, and other factors, of course, come in um, in terms of causing aging as well. But theoretically, we could live forever, so it actually fits the scenario. The evidence of prophecy, seeing the future, lies outside the realm of uh, material naturalism, which underpins. Atheism that there is no God and therefore you know all there is 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 just this physical world, but there has to be a supernatural because as we see the design of living things, the 
the structure of the codes, like the DNA code, the code reader machines, the ribosomes, the structure of the different enzymes um, that control uh, chemical reactions uh, or that increase the active, allow the activation energy to be exceeded so chemical reactions can go, uh, is overwhelming. As a matter of fact, one of the world's um, enzyme experts is uh, Dr. Matty uh, Lee Solar, and um, he is um, a professor at, uh, matter of fact, he's uh, dean of the Faculty of Chemical Material Sciences at the Finnish uh, Aalto University, and uh, he is an exome, an ex world authority in enzyme research. He's authored 20 articles in books and over 120 papers and lots of conference proceedings in this. And he's cited well over a thousand times in the scientific literature uh, for his work. And he has a DSC, Doctor of uh, Science degree, um, from uh, the uh, Helsinki University, which is the capital university, university in the capital of Finland, of course. And, of course, he is... Um, uh, a really strong creationist as well and points out so much um, evidence that um, from the structure of biomolecules that they had to be designed. Um, for example, Matty's group studied an enzyme called xylanase, which breaks down the uh, carbohydrate polymers in earth which is in plant cell walls. This is the um, sort of like a cellulose-type structure there. And this fibre makes up for about, you know, 30% of, of many, you know, tree fibres and this sort of thing. And yet this particular enzyme that specifically breaks down, this xylanase enzyme that can break down these carbohydrate polymers contains about 200 amino acids. So its protein code um, is a sentence that means degrade xylan. And, of course, mammals lack this enzyme, so they can't digest enzyme. And so this becomes what we call dietary fibre, of course. And um, he's saying that with um, the special sequence of amino acids in this particular molecule enables this molecule to have the molecular machinery that means that now these very long-chain polymers that are in these plant cell walls can now be broken down. And um, he was... Um, this uh, particular scientist wasn't always a creationist. He uh, originally um, trained and in his studies um, learned about uh, evolution and so forth. But as he got more into the biochemistry that underpins life and the you know basic experiments that have been done that claimed you know that uh, lightning and uh, can hit some biomolecules and produce ammonia and and lead to some of these amino acids um, he realized that it was so impossible and as he developed his specialist expertise in the area of enzyme research he realized that this strongly argued against evolution and was powerful argument 
for a designer. And um, and he, he's, he points out in uh, when he was interviewed one time um, that the origin of these information-rich functional molecules that uh, enable you know, particular biomolecules to be changed into one type, into a very specialist other type of molecule, um, to have the uh, particular structures. They all work like little molecular machines. And also the chemical reactions involved are all interrelated, and there are thousands of them. So, you know, the, this whole concept of evolution producing you know, a new species just doesn't fit the biochemistry. So here we have another, you know, uh, world authority in in these areas that are pointing out that living systems have got to be supernatural. And so, you know, from my perspective, I think, well, if God created everything, if God can create these amazing machines, then surely he can recreate us to live forever. And of course, that's what the Bible says. The Bible says that when God returns and Jesus returns, Jesus is creator, but he was God, but he came in human form to live amongst us, to teach us, to perform miracles, to show that he was really God, and to teach us, to get humanity back on track because we'd got so far off track. There was no hope otherwise for us. We, you know, would have all ended up, you know, worshiping, you know, the demons and so forth, like many of the ancients did, and you know, sacrificing their children to them and all sorts of horrible things. And that's why things had got so bad that God had to come as a last resort, almost, to save us from ourselves. And I think we can see, you know, the world heading, you know, much the same way when we look at, you know, environmental conditions around the world, the huge amount of plastics in the oceans now, uh, the degradation of our forests, um, the different imbalances that uh, are being um, caused um, in terms of you know water supply and pollution and so forth, polluting water, which is such a precious uh, commodity. To me, it uh, makes a lot of sense that God has to recreate the world. Um, and make it perfect. And of course, that's exactly what the Bible says. And so here we have these top scientists like George Java, like um, Dr. Marty Lisola. Anybody wants to look up his name? His first name's M A T I, and his second name is spelled L E I S O L A. And so he's at the University of, uh, of, of Finland there. And um, he um, and I and I think and we, and John Lennox. So here we have these top scientists that believe that there is a supernatural. The the evidence points just overwhelmingly to the existence of a supernatural, super intelligent being that is responsible for us. You know. Another article that uh, I came across just uh, recently and another scientist that um, is a, a very, very uh, strong creationist and, and, and believer in the supernatural is Dr. John C. Walton. Now, he is a professor of reactive chemistry at St. Andrews University in, um, 
the uh, in Scotland, of course, and uh, it was interesting. Uh, St Andrews University, of course, is one of the oldest universities um, around. I think it's the oldest university in Scotland. I think it was found about the year fourteen hundred. And it's, it's very interesting to see how education developed in these countries that had a very strong Christian background compared to countries that didn't have the um, Christian background. So, you know, again, we find that science and, and particularly progression in education underpinned and was carried out in, um, in these countries. But it's very interesting that uh, back in two, September 2005, uh, there was an article uh, by uh, Professor Richard Dawkins or Dr. Richard Dawkins and Dr. Jerry Coyne that was published in The Guardian, the newspaper The Guardian, on the 1st of uh, September 2005. And, of course, this was a, um, uh, a, a, a uh, an article that was uh, written... Um, to you know, attack belief in intelligent design and so forth, and it essentially said that you know anybody that believed in uh, creation would be ignorant, stupid, insane, or wicked. So uh, Dr. Walton decided to publish a rebuttal to uh, the Dawkins and Coin. Uh, article and uh, that was sent to the Guardian on the twentieth of December two thousand and five, but it was was never published. And um, of course, um, John C. Walton, W. A. L. T. O. N, um, is again a real leading chemist in the area of chemical reactions. And of course, not to be confused, there is another Dr. John Walton who actually writes in the area of Genesis, but uh, he's a theologian. But John C. Walton is um, a highly regarded uh, chemist. And it was um, a very, very interesting article. And essentially he said, look, it needs a design rehab. The origin science needs a design rehab. And his argument was that we know so much now about the structure of chemicals, of chemical reactions in living systems, that they had to be designed. No way. they absolutely impossible to um, uh, for these uh, chemical systems to arise by chance. Um, it's interesting, early in their article... The um, atheist uh, Richard Dawkins and Jerry Coyne say, so why are we so sure that intelligent design is not a real scientific theory of worthy of both sides' treatment? Isn't that just our personal opinion? And he goes on, it is an opinion shared by the vast majority of professional biologists. If intelligent design really were a scientific theory, positive evidence for it gathered through research would fill peer-reviewed scientific journals. This doesn't happen. It isn't that editors refuse to publish intelligent design um, research. But, as already mentioned, for material naturalists, real science only admits chance and necessity as valid causes. Dawkins and, the, and John Walton then wrote, Dawkins and the majority of his evolutionary peers 
automatically rule out intelligent design on these philosophical grounds and consider it a waste of time to evaluate the evidence. The majority of professional biologists work in institutions dedicated to evolution and its sister disciplines. And many of the institutes are specifically named, like evolutionary biology or some variant of this. The research funding, the livelihood, the careers and the professional reputations of all these science depends on adherence to evolutionary orthodoxy. Objectivity on foundational questions of origin is not an option for them in these circumstances. The majority of scientific opinion cannot be taken as trustworthy yardstick for gauging the validity of intelligent design. Of course, um, science is not carried out on the basis of a majority vote, which, in fact, you know, Dawkins and Coyne are arguing that you've got to have a majority vote. What we've seen, however, is that there are top scientists who are saying, hang on, hang on, you know, there's no evidence that the random processes in nature can produce the amazing complexity of little molecular machines that all harmoniously work together, produce living systems, could in any way arise by chance. So it's very interesting that we have now, you know, and I'm pleased to see this, these are top scientists like John C. Walton, um, you know, uh, John Lennox at Oxford, uh, Dr. Matty Lesola, George Javer, who was at Loma Linda University. These top scientists, they're real experts in their field. They're publishing in their, in their respective areas. John Lennox, of course, is a mathematician. He understands about probability. And these scientists are pointing out when we look at the claims of atheists that everything just arose by chance, by natural processes, it doesn't stack up to the hard science. And the atheists don't offer any hope. But believing in a creator God who can recreate us offers a tremendous amount of hope. And I think there's a major need for this hope in our community together. You know, when you think about it, the prospect of living forever of meeting personally the, the intelligent mind that designed the universe to the atom, to, to be re- reunited with our loved ones and family that almost believe. This is a tremendous story of hope. And yet we, our education system is trying to undermine this, take that hope away from people, but yet the basis on which they want to do that does not stand up to scrutiny. The basis that people want to take away the Bible from students does not stand up to scientific scrutiny. Science is pointing the evidence both at the molecular level, at the biological level, the physics level, at the mathematics level, points to a creator, a supernatural creator that is keeping this system going too at the present time. And that's why we have hope. And that hope is just so important to share with other people. You've been listening to Faith and Science. And remember, you can re-listen to these programs by um, just Google 3ABN Australia, or one word, .org.au, and go and click on the Listen button.
And remember, if you find a, a talk that's interesting, send the link on your social media page. Tell people about it on Facebook. Spread the news that there is hope, that we have real evidence that the existence of God is real and that God wants us to live forever with him. I'm Dr. John Ashton. Have a great day. You've been listening to a production of 3ABN Australia Radio. 